0: Welcome to The Crunch with Crib. I'm Jess and each episode I'll be talking with some of WA's best real estate agents and business people to find out what makes them tick and what lessons they've learned on their journey to success. Today we're bringing you a special edition of The Crunch featuring Paul Hamilton, the General Manager of Peered Finance. Now, with all the news this week about interest rate cuts and the loosening of restrictions on lending criteria and what that means for the economy, we thought it would be a good idea to speak to an expert about what exactly that means for the everyman. So some background on Paul before we dive into the episode. As well as being one of the peer group's highest performing financial consultants, Paul played a significant role in influencing federal politicians to rethink their stance on the mortgage broking industry after recommendations were made by the Royal Commission that would have decimated their industry. Well qualified to speak on the topic. So whether you're an agent, whether you're looking to buy, you're looking to sell, or you know someone with a mortgage and who doesn't, there is something here for everyone and we recommend sharing it with your family and friends. Welcome Paul to The Crunch. Thank you so much for coming in. I'm really excited for today's episode because I think normally we talk to real estate agents and we're giving information for real estate agents. You're a mortgage broker, so I think that there's going to be some great info in here for, you know, the everyman as well as the real estate agent.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I'm
0: excited. I'm excited. So tell me first, um, for every all the listeners, can you give us a little bit of background about what you do and how you got here?
1: Yeah, so mortgage broker for 13 years with um, with the the peer Group, um, and, and prior to that, I worked at the Water Corporation as a business analyst. I didn't take the the normal path of a I guess a finance twirly head broker in, okay. in coming from a bank. Um, and so yeah, my primary role is to um, to help people buy houses. Um, that is the other side of the equation, obviously, with real estate. It's one thing people wanting to buy the house and and we like to think that we're the ones that enable it. So.
0: Absolutely. Um, now, your industry has been kind of under the spotlight, I guess, in the last few years, Royal Commission, um, lots of stuff in the media about what you do and how you get paid and all of that kind of stuff. Where do you guys, where did that come from, I guess, and, and where are things at today for the, for the industry? Yeah, well... Harks back to
1: the, the days of the GFC nearly 10 years ago now um, when there were dodgy lending practices, no doubt, um, both on on banking and, and broking. I won't say that we're immune from it, um, but they were the days that, uh, you know, one day employed, um, create an ABN and, and sign here and, and you'll get a loan. Um, it wasn't as prevalent as people make out, but obviously it had um, catastrophic catastrophic consequences across the world. Mm -hmm. Um, Then the National Consumer Credit Protection Act, really exciting stuff if you're looking for a read, (laughs) um, came out. And and, and on the back of that, uh, the government back in 2015 um, asked ASIC to complete uh, a review of the industry. Uh, And it was huge. It was the biggest review that ASIC had ever undertaken of any company in Australia. Mm -hmm. Um, It lasted for two years. Um, They interviewed 19 lenders, 14 aggregators, uh, four online comparison sites, spoke to 3,000 customers, and they looked at 1.4 million loans. Wow. So went in and looked at actual data and 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 came to a bunch of conclusions from that, um, which were pretty rosy. There were some bits on the edges that we needed to improve. Um, so that was review number one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess when when the findings came out, we we didn't have breathe a sigh of relief because mm-hmm. we, we just felt it validated what we knew, yeah. which was great. Then the Productivity Commission, another government agency, came out um, probably about six months after that for some unknown reason. Um, but they completed their own review um, into home loans, and um, and from there there were some key points about you know brokers provide competition. Um, you know if the broking industry didn't exist um, and there were only the big four banks, um, it, they found that each lender like Suncorp, Macquarie. ING, all those smaller ones that don't have a branch network, mm-hmm. they would have to open something like 118 branches each, um, which would be a massive cost. Um, and so it was recognised at that point that, you know, brokers fill a vital role in distributing their products. Mm-hmm. So that were the first two reviews. Um, and then as we all know, the, the Banking Royal Commission um, was launched, which um, became a, a different kettle of fish. Yeah. Um, and so after all the extensive reviews, as a, I guess as a boots-on-the-ground broker um, – Most of us thought we were relatively safe. Mm -hmm. We thought it was just going to touch on some of the um, other reviews that had taken place in terms of our industry Mm -hmm. and their main targets would be the bank. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, obviously in in hindsight, boy, did we get it wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah. Tell me, and we'll come back to that, but just um, I guess to break it down for people listening, um, A, who may, and I think most of our listeners are familiar, but who may not be familiar with what a mortgage broker does. And also, um, at the very basis, you know, if real estate agents are telling clients to use a mortgage broker, what would be the reason for someone to do that? What do you do for them? What's the process?
1: Yeah. And look, I guess that was the assumption that we had too, that most people knew what we did and we found out that there was a bunch that didn't and we had to go through a re-education process. So at the core of it, our role is to meet with a client, um, understand what their needs are, mm-hmm. um, and then help them apply for a loan. Mm-hmm. Um, now, at a very basic level, everyone just thinks about interest rate. So we all want the cheapest rate. We yep. want to pay the least amount of fees. But um, for the client last week that I spoke to that's new in the country, um, his wife hasn't been employed for two years, which is one of the general criteria, mm-hmm. um, he couldn't really care if his interest rate's 0.2% more than the next bank. Yeah, His motivation is to stop paying rent, get his two kids into a home, um, and that's what a broker facilitates. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's not just rate; it's solution driven.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so from where to go, it's meeting them, understanding their needs, matching them with the bank, um, and then the fun stuff starts of paperwork and and us taking all that legwork out. So instead of you know this customer having to go along, drag his wife's and kids for a bank appointment between nine and five, um, yeah, you know, we'll do it on his terms and his time, and and, and do all the grunt work mm-hmm. to make it happen.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We then we represent the client, yeah. so we don't represent the bank. So, you know, if you go onto a website today and look at all the, the big bank standard variable rates, um, you'll probably see that they're advertising around about four and a half percent for a 500 grand loan.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, as a broker, we then have a number of um, websites where we can go to and, and what we call reprice the home loan. Mm-hmm. So if we are going to Commonwealth Bank today, offering four and a half percent, we go to the Commonwealth Bank website and say, you know, Mr. Commonwealth, ANZ will do this at 3.9 percent, will you match it? Mm-hmm. Um, and invariably they will. Um, but if you're, you know, Joe Public who walks into the branch, um, that bank isn't sitting there saying we advertise this and we'll just drop our rate to that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so we promote competition Mm -hmm. on those lines and that's what those earlier reviews validated for us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so back to the commission then, I guess, um, what, what was the reason that you guys were kind of targeted when everyone, you know, all the news and everything initially around the Royal Commission was banks and, you know, they were the cause of the GFC and blah, blah, blah. And then findings came out and all of a sudden your industry was under fire. What was, I guess, the reason for that?
1: It's a hard one to say. Um, you know, the, the Royal Commission covered so many things and, and if you break it down to, I guess, our part of the industry, you know, the review part was probably maybe a month. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said before, ASIC looked at 1.4 million loans, they interviewed 3,000 customers, 19 aggregators, and lenders and so on. Um, the Royal Commission had 137 witnesses for mortgage broking, financial planning, superannuation, and the like. Um, so there wasn't a great scope. Mm -hmm. They didn't talk to many aggregators.
0: Can you explain an aggregator for me?
1: Yeah. (laughs) An aggregator is a middleman. So if you think there's, let's say there's 30 lenders, there's much more, but 30 lenders. Um, you've then got thousands of brokers. Mm-hmm. Now, for a broken company to have a contract with those 30 banks, it's not possible. Mm-hmm. And so we operate through a middleman called an aggregator. Right,
0: okay. So the aggregator
1: has a contract with a bank and then we are part of an aggregator. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, beautiful.
1: Yeah, that's how that works. Um, yeah, so essentially getting back to the question in terms of why. So we probably think or most in the industry think that the people that we're interviewed who were the big banks mm-hmm. um, who may have had an agenda mm-hmm. to – Try and distribute their products through their branch network mm-hmm. um, because that's what they would prefer to do. Yeah, um, they probably had an influent, influential voice with the commissioner. Yeah, and uh, the commissioner fell hook, line, and sinker to it. Yeah, um, unfortunately, um, but thankfully, as we'll get to, no doubt, um, you know, the politicians saw through it and, and changed their mind.
0: Yeah, which was great. Okay, so tell me about the process then, because it, there was a lot of talk. Um, amongst mortgage brokers and the industry about the commission going to be recommending that people would have to now pay for your services. Um, tell me about how that, I guess, initially how that made you feel and then obviously that's, that's not the case. So how did we get to the point where, that you know, that didn't happen?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Look, I love my sport and I love an event. And uh, the Royal Commission findings, they came out on the 1st of February Yeah, um, and then they were made public on the 4th of February. So all weekend it was like looking forward to that great game, what the result was going to be yeah. or you had a, you we know. Were you anticipating
0: a good result or a bad, bad result at that point? Well, the interim
1: findings in September suggested there could be some adverse findings, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, again, we, we were so confident about what we do, we, we mm-hmm. didn't think there would be an adverse outcome. Um, so I still remember it was the 4th of February um, and I, I left the office and went home and, and turned on Sky News and and the federal treasurer was there about to have his big press conference. And um, his first recommendation that came out of the 76 recommendations was that in three years' time, um, people are going to have to pay to see a broker mm-hmm. and people will have to pay a bank to get a home loan.
0: Okay. Which was
1: incredible. Yeah. You know, it floored us. Yeah. Second recommendation of 72 was that um, our trail commission um, would stop in 2020,
0: which
1: mm-hmm. um, do you want me to explain how travel is? Was, I was just yeah. going to
0: say, for those who don't know, can we, can we quickly go into how you guys do get paid? Yeah, because sure. it currently is not by the person who's getting the loan. No, spot on.
1: Yeah. And people will say that. People say, well, we're paying for you along the way somewhere, mm. which is totally correct. Mm-hmm. It's just like you pay a branch. Mm-hmm. So for the Commonwealth Bank or Bank West or whoever to have a branch on the corner, they cost to have that building, they have to pay staff and so on. So there's always a cost distributing a product. No different to brokers. Um, so in terms of how we get paid, so just quickly, 10 years ago or so, the banks paid everything up front. So if we did a home loan, we'd get paid everything up front, which may have been, let's say, 1.5% of the loan amount. Mm-hmm. By the bank. By the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, they then found that if people moved in a year or two, it wasn't profitable for them um, yes, because okay. the next bank would pay. Banks don't really start making much money until year three or five on a mortgage. Okay. Um, so they need people to be there longer. Um, so what they did, they introduced trail where they essentially halved, um, the income upfront mm-hmm. and then paid the balance over time. Um, so that helped them out in terms of, um, funding the loan and it also encouraged, I guess the broking industry to stay engaged with the client, um, meet their additional needs. Mm-hmm. So If you want to do a loan switch or sell your home or, and there's all the forms associated with that, um, we were engaged, mm-hmm. not transaction based, running around trying to do, you know, every deal under the sun and then yeah. leaving customers behind. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so that's trial income and so part of the argument of this whole process has been, you know, let's get rid of trial because it's such a bad thing. It's money for nothing Um, and it's further from the truth. Mm -hmm. It's just simply part of how we get paid, Mm -hmm. part up front and and part is deferred for the reasons I mentioned.
0: Okay, okay. So those two recommendations came out, top two recommendations by the the Treasurer. Yes. What was your reaction? Oh, terrible. (laughs) The first thing. (laughs) Did you cry? Oh, I didn't
1: cry but... um, (gasps) Yeah, we're on the phone, and we're in disbelief, really. Um, And so, like all people, we commiserated at the pub. Mm. We just said, we've got to get this out of us. So, uh, yeah, a few mates, you know, we did the ring around, said, right, let's just go to the pub, and uh, let's talk about it. Let's get it out of our system. You know, we started jumping on social media and seeing all the commentary. Um, And, again, it really hurt because it was it it just felt like, um, yeah, we are being criticised unfairly for the great job that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, um, 60% of people were using brokers. Um, so if you think about the context of that, um, through the whole Royal Commission and all these potential issues and the press and everything that was coming up, more and more people were using brokers mm-hmm. because their trust had deteriorated with banks. Okay. Um, and to put that in context, you know, I think it was around about 10 years ago, only 43% of people used a broker.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so to be at 60% and then have that news come out, on the back of those other reviews that were already undertaken, yeah, um, yeah, we couldn't quite believe it.
0: Okay, so next step, next steps because you know we know that those things have been turned around, and yes. I understand you you played quite an instrumental role in that. So what were your next steps after commiserating and?
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> look, the, the hats off to the industry. The industry really came together. Yeah. Um, and we mentioned aggregators before, in general they're all competing to get different brokers, but mm-hmm. all the aggregators, the industry, um, and in particular the MFAA our industry body, mm-hmm. um, they saw the writing on the wall back in September at that interim report. Okay. And so they launched a massive campaign. Um, and as part of that campaign they encouraged um, customers and brokers to go and engage with their local politician. Mm-hmm. Um, after reading the pulse of social media, mm-hmm. um, it became quite clear that there were probably – a few too many people just being whingy brokers. Yeah, um, and also what was clear was that there was just this lack of understanding.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, and so I, you know, I thought to myself, by
0: you or by, but sorry, by the industry or by the general public. General or both? public. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, did you do you feel like it um, shed some light on maybe a lack of awareness and education around what you do? Whereas you, you know, sixty percent is a good number of people using mortgage brokers, but it doesn't necessarily mean everyone understands. That was a massive takeaway. Why they take should away. use them. Yeah. yeah.
1: As an industry, we learned that we need to communicate better. Yeah. Um, and, and thankfully, the yeah, that's happening now and yeah. it will continue on. Um, and so basically, instead of being that whingy broker, it, I took it upon myself to try and educate. So mm-hmm. at first, it was on social media after a couple of beers at night <laughs> and realized I couldn't change the world. Um, and so I, you know, I spoke to um, Peter Peard, obviously um, owner of our company, and, and we shared all of our company data. So... Mm-hmm. I did an analysis of the last two years' um, data of our company and found that, because you know, one of the criticism was that brokers will go to lenders that pay more money,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, brokers don't use many banks, we favour certain banks, and, mm-hmm. and brokers encourage you to um, borrow more money. So what, what I found was that over the last two years we used 28 lenders mm-hmm. as our company, and of those 28, um, 90% of the loans were written with 10 lenders. Okay. Okay. So the majority were with 10 lenders. Mm-hmm. Those 10 lenders all paid the same commission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that disarmed that, um, that questioning about we go to lenders that pay more. Yeah. And as a broker, and I can tell you, most of the industry would be happy if they all paid the same Yeah. just to remove this argument because it, yeah. it doesn't happen. It's a furphy. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote to a couple of um, or probably about 10 key politicians mm-hmm. who I thought would have some influence. And I, I attached the data. Um, I used reason. Um, and pulled up lots of different bits that were um, articles in the industry to to make the point. And um, it was quite shocked. You know, i, I just got back from Canberra um, after meeting Bob Catter, which was exciting. And uh, Labor MP Ann called me one Thursday afternoon and and from her personal mobile, and, and she just said, Paul, I received your correspondence. I'm in Canberra at the moment. We're sitting. We're making a major policy announcement tomorrow, mm-hmm. and, and we've got to remember that Labor's position before the Royal Commission was we will accept every recommendation okay. without even reading the report. Yeah. Not that clever. Yeah. Um, but Anne Ali said, thank you so much. We're actually changing our position, which was a massive political switch for Huge, yeah. Um, and the data that you used, the information presented, um, was critical to me in in convincing cabinet of mm-hmm. this change. Mm-hmm. Um, I subsequently met Anne a couple of weeks later and, and she was brilliant. Um, yeah. She'd used a broker for years and years and and she got it. Um so, yeah, that, that was a real goosebump
0: moment. Yeah.
1: Um, don't think I'd save the day, that's for sure. Well,
0: you definitely contributed to it by the sounds of it.
1: Yeah, like many did. But it, it was it was good to see that, um, you know, she'd used the data, she'd listened, and that's what mm-hmm. we want our, our pollies to do. Um, and they you know change position, mm-hmm. which was great.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the second part of that was another email I sent um, was to Bob Catter's office. Yeah. So, oh, Maverick Bob. Um <laughs> You know, Bob had so much power in the old government because he was one of the independents. Yeah. Um, and if legislation needed to pass, it had to get through him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, his office emailed me and said, Paul, we'd love you to fly to Canberra if you're willing and come and meet with Bob. Wow. You won't have much time, um, <laughs> but come and chat. Yeah. And uh, it was the most expensive 10-minute meeting I've had in my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Yeah, but he was great. I mean, the downside for us is that um, at the same time the um, the Townsville flood floods happened. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so a lot of his attention um, was rightfully in that direction.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but look, he gave us the time, and, and he was brilliant. The way he supported us, and and I must say, every politician of both sides, once you got in the door, they're just people. Yeah. And, and they're they're smart people, and they're hardworking, and and they were great to deal with. Yeah. Um, and they listened and got it. Yeah. And that was. That was the the moment, I guess, where we said, right, we just need to educate more because once we explain, mm-hmm. um, the people are on board and yeah. understand.
0: And you had the data to back
1: it up, Correct. So Yeah, it's so important. Instead of being that whingy broker, yeah, yeah, you yeah. yeah. make a good argument. Yeah, and likewise, you know, the industry isn't perfect, and that's why we have listened to the reports and done um, some of those the things. Like one of the arguments again was that uh, brokers encourage people to borrow more money. Mm-hmm. Well. If we did a loan today and 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 you needed to borrow eighty thousand and I somehow convince you to borrow one hundred thousand, um, I only get paid on the eighty thousand. Okay. So that extra twenty that you borrow that sits in your offset account, um, the industry now is paid on the net balance of the loan.
0: Okay. Yeah. So have trails stayed in? What's the what's been the end outcome? Where where are you at the moment? Yes, Uh,
1: so it's status quo. Um, Okay. So the Liberals have said they'll do a review in three years, um, which the industry um, welcomed Mm -hmm. um, because now we'll communicate better and and there's more um, effective reporting. So Liberals' position switched partway through the process and said we will um, keep trails because we understand why they're paid Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and we understand the effect on the smaller lenders if they all suddenly had to start paying 1.3%, 1.5% 1.3%, 1.5% up, up front. Yeah. would just add to their cost of providing a loan. Yeah. And that would diminish the number of lenders that could lend money and diminish competition in the market. Um, so they got it. They moved early. Um, and then Labor used it as another um, point to differentiate, mm-hmm. um, which was a, a bit sad in the end. But, um, yeah, so from the industry point of view, we were happy that the Liberals got in because it just gave us clean air. Yeah. To go and do our job. Go and do what we would well. need to
0: do. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so we know where the, where the industry's at at the moment. Now we've got you in for a bit of a special edition crunch based on the news this week about interest rates dropping again. Um, And I want to talk to you about, I guess, the state of the housing market in general and why, um, you know, obviously um, there's a lot of talk now about trying to get things moving. Um, So tell me, I guess, in the last couple of years, why has it been so hard for people to get approval on finance? To start with yeah sure I
1: mean there's been a number of um, changes and, and even back to 2014 when the banking regulator apra came out and set the what we call the floor assessment rate um, so whenever you borrow money the bank assesses you at a rate um, today's rate plus a margin mm-hmm. and so instead of that rate being roughly six percent um, they set a minimum floor at seven percent mm-hmm. and the banks all adopted 7.25 percent so I'd put it this way: every time you go for a loan, the bank is assessing you on double what the actual repayments are. Yeah. Um, so that automatically um, curbed some lending, and they did that because they could see that the eastern east coast market was flying, and they wanted to put a stamp on it. Yeah. Because when rates rise, they didn't want to see people not being able to afford their home. Yeah. Um, so that was change number one, um, and then I guess over the last couple of years, I think we all read all the articles and had a giggle about. Um, banks going through your bank statements and checking, you know, how many times you use Uber Eats mm-hmm. and go to the <laughs> pub and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Nothing I ever do, Jess. <laughs> um, um, but that was a big focus and, and again, rightfully so because um, whether it was brokers or some banks, you know, you could have a family of uh, three children and two adults who claim they only spend $1,000 a month. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden they've got this home loan that they can't afford um, and it puts stress on the family and mm-hmm. no one wants that. So it became a big focus on living expenses, which made it harder to borrow money. Um, Another big change was, especially in Western Australia, where we're so reliant on the mining industry, Mm -hmm. is they started shaving some of the income. So if you're a FIFO worker who receives allowances, um, they would now only take 80% of that income, not 100%. Okay. Same with overtime, same with bonuses. Mm -hmm. Um, So anything that wasn't core income, they started putting clamps on. So... A combination of all these things together um, just made it harder in general for people Mm -hmm. to get finance. Mm -hmm. Part of it was to be responsible um, and a cynic in me probably says that part of it was obviously to be seen to be doing the right thing in the context of the Royal Commission um, going on because Mm -hmm. the bank execs knew they were going to be sitting up there and uh, all their dirt would be pulled out Yeah, um, and they needed to show that they'd made some change.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. So tell me, you mentioned APRA, the APRA floor, is that the correct, what's the yeah, correct terminology? On. You're going to be a finest um, person here. <laughs> so tell me, that's that's been one of the pieces of news in the last couple of weeks is that they are talking about reducing that to 6%.
1: Yeah, no, no minimum floor, but roughly no that. No minimum that's floor, where the roughly 6 up. And so that's the big change.
0: Yeah, yeah. So my question around that, I guess, was at the moment, obviously cash rates dropped again, lowest it's been for, you know, 50 years. But when things increase, is that going to be a problem? Or is that so far in the future that, you know, at the moment we just need to get the economy moving and that's one way to do it?
1: Yeah, that's right. There's a few different tools. And so the the RBA and government um, ha- have used some different tools there. So one is I think there's acknowledgement that um, that rates are unlikely to be 7.25% till mm-hmm. the assessment rate. For a period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why the government, um, through APRA, um, has suggested removing that clamp. Um, so we'll hear in the next few weeks. Um, so they're not, they're not APRA is not going to sit in minimum floor like they do now. They're uh-huh. going to leave up to the banks. Mm-hmm. They want to develop guidelines, but it's going to free up borrowing capacity. Yeah. Um, second to that, like you mentioned, is the, the interest rate cut. Mm-hmm. Um, so the interest rate cut on, a, on an average loan of, let's say, 500000 um, an interest rate cut there is equivalent of around about $1,250 um, mm-hmm. a year. Um, so then the Josh Frydenberg was saying the other day, the Federal Treasurer, that, you know, that plus the tax cuts plus other bits will, will hopefully get get things moving. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the third item of that is the um, the government's First Homeowners Program that mm-hmm. they intend to launch in January next year whereby um, they will pay for mortgage insurance. So if you're a first home buyer buying a home, there'll be certain credit Conditions around it, um, but they'll fund the mortgage insurance. Okay. So someone buying a house for about six hundred grand, borrowing ninety odd percent. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a potential saving of you know around about fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah. I think collectively, what they do is they they increase the confidence, mm-hmm. um, and and clearly that's what's missing. You know, I only talk about WA in particular now. Yeah. That's what's missing in WA. Mm-hmm. So all these things with the low market, with the low vacant rental vacancy rate. Um, hopefully that's some of the stimulus um, that starts occurring. Yeah. The other thing that we're starting to see already, um, funny that the Royal Commission's ended (laughs) and suddenly banks need to lend money because that's how banks make money. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, And with the East Coast going off the boil, um, banks are starting to loosen some credit policy. Okay. Um, Whether that's because the Royal Commission's ended or whether that's because some of the measures they introduced they've realised were too strict. Um, and the default rate didn't really change. So, you know, let's go back to doing what we're doing Mm because, you know, people need to borrow that money and they're not falling through the cracks. Um, so I think we'll continue to see a bit of that, um, over the next six months. Yeah. Which I think again, will add that stimulus Mm -hmm. for people to be able to buy. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay.
1: If we think about a, an investor, for example. So if you're an investor over the last five or 10 years in Perth, um, the banks came out and changed a lot of the interest-only terms. So you might have had a, a, a property in a suburb that hasn't performed that well. You've had the loan for 10 years interest-only and all of a sudden two, two weeks um, before the interest-only period expires, mm-hmm. you're told that your repayments will now go up around about $2,000 a month. Yeah. Because of how strict the lending criteria was, that person wasn't able to refinance that loan. Okay. Um, and so they were either getting stuck with, higher repayments they couldn't afford, um, or they had to sell the property, but their property might not have been a great area performing well, yeah. so then they've got to take a hit. Yeah, They could have had negative equity. Um, so, again, with these loosening of some of the restrictions, you know, hopefully that's going to unwind some of that stress that's been caused mm-hmm. and sprinkle a bit of capital growth in and, and we'll all be happy.
0: Yeah, so. yeah. Let's, fingers crossed. Um, now, interest rates, obviously the other big announcement this week. First thing I wanted to ask you about was – Um, most of the lenders, I think this time around have announced they will pass the cuts on or some of them have, have. whereas they've been criticized, obviously in the past for not doing so. Yes. Um, what does that mean for, you know, for mum and dad, how much are they going to be saving money? I feel like I looked at the variable rate for Commonwealth Bank the other day and the cut and my mortgage broker has (laughs) obviously done a good job because my interest rate's still below that level. So, um, you know, will I see benefit from that? How, you know, what does that mean for people?
1: Yeah, so as you said, most lenders have um, cut the rate, which is excellent. I think there was too much political pressure for them not to. Mm-hmm. Um, but interestingly, so ANZ, Shane Elliott, the CEO, um, came out yesterday and, and he made his case for why they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and this is where it's lending isn't, it's not very transparent sometimes. Not, yes. I'll get to that point in a moment. But ANZ said that from their point of view, they've actually got more depositors So more people with money in the bank in term deposits um, and savings. So if interest rates are lower, those people receive less income, Mm -hmm. less interest. Mm -hmm. So as a bank, why should they reduce the rate? Um, Because those depositors who are more in number will miss out. And he used the same argument about the franking credits during the election, looking after those people that rely on that money for their future income. He also said that um, their interest rates are already lower than some of the banks mm-hmm. um, and that they're a commercial organisation and, and basically they can do what they want. So, you know, get stuffed, get yep. your nose out of it. <laughs> um, and I'd I'd probably agree with him to a certain extent there and I hope that if you were an ANZ customer on a bad rate, you would come and talk to us. Yeah. Um, and that's why our industry exists. Mm-hmm. Um, I was um, had a quick chat on the radio yesterday and this point came up and, and I was asked why people – um, don't move lenders, mm-hmm. um, and it's just that general apathy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, the same reason that we don't change insurance companies or from Samsung to iPhone, all those reasons. Um, you know, it's hard. No, no doubt, it's painful. No yeah. one wants to change their direct debit. No one wants to change their credit cards. Yeah. No one wants to do the mountain of paperwork and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I can say to you that I'm going to save you a hundred or two hundred or three hundred dollars a month um, for probably six weeks of you know grit your teeth, but I'll manage the load. Yeah. Uh, we just. Don't understand why some people don't don't do it, yeah, but secondly to that is what we find and we're going through our loan book at the moment and and what we call repricing them. Mm-hmm. so we've got a bunch of customers at a certain bank, um we call the bank, find out what interest rate they're on mm-hmm. because when they did their loan five years ago, they may have been getting a point nine percent discount. Mm-hmm. but today they could get a one point four percent discount, yeah, so there's so many customers caught at that point nine or or one percent or whatever it is, yeah. So the example yesterday that we had with a client um, that I get to call this afternoon to give her the good news. Brilliant. She's got a loan of $600,000. She's currently paying about
0: Mm
1: 4.14%. Her bank, I won't say the bank's name, but her bank is currently offering a rate of 3.68% if you borrow $200,000. Okay. So we approached the bank and said, right, she's paying 4.14, been a loyal customer for seven or eight years. Yeah. Will you reduce that rate to three point six eight? Yeah. Um, you can probably guess what the answer was. Um, no. So they offered three point nine percent. Okay. Now it's just enough probably to convince this customer not to move. Mm-hmm. You know, the bank knows they've got her on the hook, and they know it's painful to move. And so, you know, our role now is to is to explain the benefits of moving and the money she'll save. And yeah. So with the rate cut that just came, I, I did the numbers. Her interest saving will be something like. Um, where is it, $4,500 per year in interest. Yeah, okay. If we move her from one major bank yeah. to another major bank. Yeah, it's big. It's massive. It's big. You know, if I said to you, how would you like a, a free trip to Bali mm-hmm. um, every year, Yeah, you, know, you would jump on it. Yeah, two And that's maybe. what it is. <laughs> yeah, two, exactly.
0: You <laughs> and your partner.
2: So,
0: <laughs> so w- anyone who, I mean, people with a mortgage, would you recommend they get on the phone to the mortgage broker and say, am I in the best position I can be in following this news? You know, what should they do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and look, we get it. You know, people um, uh, wonder what's in it for the broker or or you're going to do some big sales job. Yeah. Um, again, the broking industry is very professional. Um, I'll often have, I had one yesterday, Westpac client. I went and saw him last night, actually. He's got four loans. Mm-hmm. Now, he doesn't want to move. He's got investment properties. He's scared about the valuations. And I said to him, look, just tell me what your interest rates are. I'll give you some feedback as to what you could potentially get in the open market. Mm -hmm. Um, You then call the bank and tell them that you've seen a broker, the broker's going to get me these rates, what are you going to do for me? Mm -hmm. Now, if he does that and gets a win, that's brilliant. You know, good on him. Um, If he goes through that process and they don't offer it, um, then hopefully he'll come back to me and I'll take him down the path and and save him a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's what most brokers will do. So, yeah, absolutely. Call your lender or call your broker. And just have the chat and see how much you can save.
0: Yeah. Okay. Do you think, um, you know, is the future looking positive for you now with these changes? Do you th- do you think we're going to see some positive signs in the next six months? W- what's your crystal ball say, Paul? Yeah. Yeah. It's very <laughs> excited at
1: the moment. Yeah. It's very looking very happy. It's smiling at me. Um, look, I do. I'm really optimistic about um, the market and and where it's going. Um, you know, I can't give predictions on on capital growth and stuff. But yeah. I think one of the prime reasons that people haven't been able to buy is they've been locked in because of finance. Mm-hmm. Um, because due to the factors we mentioned before and the finance relaxing um, and the confidence that it's going to give people. Um, you know, I came from a meeting earlier and of, of the peer group and the management team were in there and and one of the agenda item was, what's the feeling out on the streets from your reps and so we've got offices from Rockingham, Swan Valley, Mindari, so on. And the general consensus was that the conversation's changed. Yeah. You know, people are more upbeat, people are willing to commit um, and ready to go. So yeah. yeah, the combination of all those things, you know, what's going on in the mining industry, hopefully we'll get some population growth um, because there's more jobs being created. Yeah, um, The building industry's been really flat for a couple of years. So mm-hmm. that supply and demand issue hopefully isn't there. Um, but yeah, I'm locking in. I'm really excited about the next two years and
0: good, yeah, ready to go. I've got to say, it's nice to hear some positivity in this room. We've (laughs) had a few, had a few dreary, not dreary, down conversations the last few months. So I'm glad to see people are coming in with a smile now. Yeah, absolutely. Now, last question for you. Obviously our main audience here is real estate agents. Tell me what's, what does a really good relationship look like to you between a real estate agent and a mortgage broker?
1: Yeah, I think it gets back to trust being the key. Yeah. Um, I remember when I first started um, and I knew nothing about the industry because it didn't come from that banking background. And so I had to earn my trust. Yeah. Um, you know, I know you interviewed Todd Utley. A while ago, but yeah. um, well, I took took Todd out for golf. I'd <laughs> swoon him, barbecue Chinese at June up. He would have loved it, and he gave me nothing. <laughs> so you should have taken him surfing. Oh, uh, clearly. Uh, but look, and that was fine. So it took me a good period of time for people like Todd and others to win their trust, mm-hmm. and that's okay. So when now, generally, real estate reps that I work with, and know, um, if I say that this bank is taking twelve working days to pick up an application. So don't be silly and put fourteen days for finance approval. Yeah. Because it won't happen. Yeah. They'll trust that advice. Yeah. Um, I think if in that example, if if people just force the issue and because they've written it on the contract, they think it will happen, they're only creating a bad experience for the buyer and the vendor and it just invites stress.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and so that's what we try to do with our reps and, and reps outside of our group is just communicate well mm-hmm. um and make sure that they they understand what's going on in terms of the finance world. Yeah. Um, and trust that we'll be doing the best we can to make the, the process easy and, and fast. Um, and, and we have to respect as brokers what they're going through. Mm-hmm. You know, reps have done it so hard over the last five years and and we get that they just want to sell the home and keep everyone happy and yeah. they've had to do price reductions and all the things they've had to do to win the business. Um, and, and so we want to be the cherry on top and make it easier and, and make the transaction, yeah, go smoother mm-hmm. everyone.
0: So communication throughout is the key. Absolutely,
1: yeah. Beautiful, amazing that.
0: <laughs> Paul, any fi- any final words for us before we before I tick you off?
1: No, no final words um, <laughs> other than thanks for the time and um, yeah, the old age-old question about who does more work, uh, brokers or real <laughs> estate agents? I'll let you all debate that in your offices.
0: Oh, will you? Are you are you guys are you brokers pulling the Saturday shift? Saturday, Sunday shift?
1: Absolutely. You are? Yeah, yeah. There you go.
0: There you go. Well, um, I'll check in with Todd Utley about that one and we'll see what he has to say. (laughs) Please don't. (laughs) (laughs) Paul, thank you so much for your time. Like I said, we're going to release this one straight away. Normally we, you know, have a bit of a wait time, but I think really good information for agents, their clients, general public. So thank you very much for your knowledge and your expertise.
1: Pleasure. Thanks for your time.
0: That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We'd love any feedback or guest suggestions. So hit me up on Instagram. You can find me on Jess at crib. And if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to tell a friend.